Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Where is the wise man? Where is the scholar? Where is the philosopher of this age? back to another edition of the Baltimore Beatdown podcast. It is going to be our second emergency podcast in uh, one week. I thought we were going to maybe take a little bit of time off here, maybe kind of uh, recharge the batteries before the Monday night game. Then you got the bye week. I was like, you know what? Ravens win two in a row. Things are rolling. Then we get a emergency pod for good reason on Monday with the acquisition of uh, Mr. Roquan Smith. Now we are back in here on Thursday evening for a bad reason running a little three-man weave my name is jake luke i'm joined on my screen by spencer nathaniel schultz and by uh, mr tim hortons himself cole jackson it's been a while pal welcome back to the program thanks boys yeah it has been a while i mean i get so caught up in the evenings with the baby that i can't hop on and record but glad to be back and uh wish we were being brought together on better terms yeah, no, and your tone and uh, your your sickness there. We might we might as well call this the uh, the emergency podcast. You know, the little vitamin C situation. We were just talking about the uh, uh, how everyone's down with the sickness these days. But uh, speaking of being sick over something, uh, my friend Spencer Nathaniel Schultz is below us, and I think he has something prepared to uh, open this show. I have a statement prepared that I would like to read. I would like to now ask everyone to please raise your glass if you have one, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a toast. Or a, a cheers here. <sighs> that draft night brought so much joy. Lamar Jackson's brand new toy from Minnesota by way of Georgia. What's the point if you never use your soldiers? When you tweaked your groin, I didn't budge. When you came back, it made me nudge. 55 yard tutty in New York. What a bomb. That slant you housed. I hugged my mom. To our favorite podcast guest, next year will be the best. For now, just get some rest. I'm going to be honest. That just gave me Mr. Deeds when he's reading his poems vibes. <laughs> yeah, that, that gave something. That was actually really good. I don't know what I was expecting there, but uh, that, was, that was solid. I, uh, I'm going to miss him. It sucks. It's horrible. Um, to be honest, we kind of got a, a whisper. I had alluded to it on this podcast, and <clears throat> shout out to the sources. 
so Cole, Jake, you and I, through the three of us, I should say, kind of had this. We knew this. We knew this is what it was a couple days ago, kind of before the deadline. Um, we weren't a thousand percent sure, but we were a hundred percent sure. We were like maybe, and what we basically heard was that they're waiting on a second opinion still. So we sat on that like good boys. That's what she said because we, I don't know, not that we have any sort of influence, but wouldn't want to spoil the Ravens funk. And I tweeted and was like, why are they saying that he's going to be out a couple of weeks right before the deadline? And it was because he wasn't actually going to be out a couple of weeks. He was going to be out for the season. So uh, that leads me to believe that they were active on the deadline trying to, you know, swim something. And then what we kind of heard as well was that they just weren't willing to pay for what the asking price was. Um, you know, they, if, if Chase Claypool you wanted to get, you would have had to pay a first because the Bears second would be more valuable than yours that you ended up using. So it's, uh, it is what it is. It really stinks. Um, I'm going to pass it off to you guys, but I've got some more thoughts and wanted to get you guys input. Yeah, no, it, uh, it really does suck. I mean, like you mentioned, we kind of, you know, we had a little bit of a buffer to prepare for this more than other uh, people on, you know, within the fan base who are probably not as raw for us because we knew this was happening a couple of days ago. So the, it already wore off a little bit for us. Yeah, but it, it still, it did suck to see that notification coming across. I was kind of holding out hope second opinion. Like let's maybe, uh, let's see what they have to say. And, uh, obviously, uh, nothing really came out of that and he is going to be heading to the IR done for the 2022 season. And, uh, it just sucks, man. And like it, it, the whole meta conversation today, obviously, and I've been taking part in it, of course, is the fact that they didn't do enough at the wide receiver position. Some people wanted them to make moves at the deadline. I was kind of so, so on that. I didn't really care. I'm fine with just going with Deshaun Jackson and whatever the fuck Andy Isabella is going to be for them. Um, but just over the off season, like they just didn't do enough. You were going back. Looking How through. dare you bring up his name on this day? <laughs> Yeah, sorry about that. But yeah, going back to the offseason, we were talking even before Hollywood Brown got traded. I was like, just keep throwing darts at this position. They didn't make one move. And uh, that puts you in a really tough spot or puts Rashad Bateman in a really tough spot to have to A, be the guy that you need him to be and B, stay healthy for 17 games plus. That was a big gamble, and now he's going to be out for the year. And uh, that's sort of the meta, mega conversation that we can certainly delve into. But for right now, it just sucks for him, the guy, who I think he still is the guy. I think he has the capability to be the guy. But like I said on Twitter, it is tough to be the guy from the training table. And uh, that is what he is faced with right now. So 2023, hopefully going to be the year of the seven, uh, coming back and uh, becoming the player that we know he is capable of being. But uh, for right now... Uh, it just sucks, man. It sucks for him. It sucks for us. He's one of our favorite players that we've had on this program, and he's one of our favorite players in general, uh, I think, for what he can bring to this offense. So uh, that's uh, that's kind of that. But, uh, Cole, what's kind of your immediate reaction? Yeah, I mean, this was kind of the worst-case scenario that we envisioned. We knew that the wide receiver core in two wide receiver sets was probably okay with the core that they had, but then you couldn't survive a... Rashad Bateman injury. And I mean, I shouldn't say he couldn't survive, but it's going to, they just didn't have the depth in place. And that's why even before the draft, we were talking about, you know, George Pickens in the second round, a couple guys in the third round. Um, maybe if the right guy, like a Drake London fell in the first round while well, you do it because it's the BPA strategy. And I, again, that was before the Hollywood Brown trade. And I, I mean, the thing that really sucks from my perspective is, I think going into his rookie year, if you had 
Sammy Watkins at the start of the year, who until he got hurt actually produced and looked good, you were looking at a very legitimate three wide receiver set with Hollywood, Watkins, and Bateman. So that obviously didn't materialize due to injury. And then you get Bateman coming out this year. They're running a lot of heavy personnel. You're seeing the two wide receiver sets, but you're still seeing him produce. Um, it wasn't like he was making plays. And like Spenny mentioned, the two big ones, that slant that he housed against Miami, like that was showing what type of player he could be in this offense. And then the injuries come up again. So it's just, uh, it's just tough. It's tough to lose players like this. And, uh, it hurts that they weren't prepared. And it was kind of the fear that we all had. I know nobody on here is big into the, the primo positions and the, you know, we win Super Bowls with wide receivers, but we all knew the risks that we faced having such little depth. That's just the reality. I don't think anybody on here, Purple Patrol or not, was, uh, was ignorant of that fact. Um, I think everybody knew it. So now we just have to actually experience it and it hurts my soul very deeply. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm not like, I'm definitely not that, but I'm also not 100% in the other direction. Like, I think they don't value this position enough. And I think, you know, I saw, I thought that the tide was starting to turn after 2021. You mentioned Sammy Watkins. They draft two of these guys. You know, they draft two guys multiple years in a row. Doesn't work out with all of them, but they threw darts, worked out with Devin Duvernay, as we're seeing right now. Not working out with Tylen Wallace, unfortunately. He was kind of your insurance for this exact thing happening. And, uh, yeah, that's that's just kind of where they're at. And so they, they need to find a middle ground, man. Like, this can't happen again. They, and I don't think they're going to let it. I think Eric DaCosta is very smart. I'm a big fan of his. I think he is smarter than to let this happen again. But uh, it's, he's, I'm kind curi- of curious to. Last year, doesn't it? Where they lose the one guy, they don't have a contingency plan. And then what they do last year with left tackle in the offseason, they stacked four or five options, right? So, yeah, I mean, you just it's, have to. It's, hold a, it's a thus is life. I was saying to a coworker of mine yesterday, and he was basically saying like he was new to the job, and this is a little sidetrack, but he's new to the job, and we're in the mortgage business, and as basically as soon as he feels confident in his knowledge, he's about eight months in, and I was saying you did a great job on a meeting we were on, you know, uh, you're, I can tell that your knowledge and your confidence are really starting to shine, and he goes, yeah, as soon as the mortgage industry crashes, basically, and I was like, well. That's what life is. It's just a big game of whack-a-mole and a nice microcosm of that is whatever we, what do we always say on this podcast? Whatever burns them, they double down on. And the offensive line burned them last year. So like you said, Cole, they doubled down on it and it's whack-a-mole, you know? All right. The offensive line is now arguably great, arguably elite, like getting into that conversation. And then this happens as well. And I I just have a, a swirling dervish of thoughts. Like, Devin Duvernay like turned out to be so much better this year than I think 90% of people would have said having a guy like Sammy Watkins would have been awesome. I, what was our reaction when they traded Hollywood Brown? Like that's not good. Like there's just so many thoughts flowing through like all of this stuff. And it's just the white whale of Baltimore is the wide receiver position and the irony of bait watching Bateman in game one and game two, catch a deep bomb for a 55-yard touchdown, and then house a slant beating angles. It's like every – it was like this weird moment of like – and I, I love Hollywood Brown. I wish he was still a Raven. I wish that everything worked out. And having him right now, even though he's already hurt, you know, whatever, maybe it doesn't happen he's here, maybe it does. But having him right now would have been fantastic. He doesn't want to be here. And then it's this culmination. It's like the two kind of biggest plays I can think that Hollywood Brown really made – 
um, was like the deep bomb against the Titans in the playoffs. You know, there's a couple of those deep bombs. And then against the Steelers, he houses that little comeback for Trace McSorley. And it's like Bateman made both of those plays in consecutive weeks. So it was like, oh my God. Like he that, could be even better that than touchdown Hollywood. against the Dolphins. That was like, and we're going to talk about this guy. That was like prime Odell Beckham 2016 shit. Like just right. splitting the safeties, housing. That there are not that many players in the NFL. And I don't mean there's only five, but there's not 30 guys that can house a slant at where defenders were for the Dolphins there. there are, he's Bateman, if you go look on next gen stats, and I this stuff is always comes with a grain of salt, but it's like he's still number three in yards after the catch over expectation. And then we saw that against the Bengals, even after the injury, he busts out and whips up the field and all that stuff. It's just wild. Yeah, it is. It's uh, I don't know, man. That's why I'm not going to give up hope. Uh, I mean, he had injury issues last year when he came back looking every bit as strong uh, through the first couple weeks here. And then obviously the offense went in the tank a little bit, but he got hurt. They rush him back for that Thursday night game ostensibly. And then here you are. And uh, it's down to, we mentioned Duvernay, who we love, who's doing a great job, but it's down to him. I guess Deshaun Jackson, um, James Prochet is going to have to. Demarcus Robinson had a nice game. I always, you know. for, I, I always forget about him. I don't know why. He's very. And solid. I feel like he's a. I feel like he's a very streaky player. I don't. I don't know. I feel like he wakes up on the right or the wrong side of the bed, and that, I feel like that was the theme in KC. It's like, oh, Demarcus Robinson has two touchdowns in this game, or has like a deep catch and a touchdown, or it's like, oh, he kind of just was there. Yeah. Um, so between him, you know, Deshaun Jackson, hopefully, at least gives you a deep threat. But I don't know. It just feels like I'm I'm glad the Ravens didn't overpay at the deadline. I'm angry that they played Rashad Bateman last Thursday on a short week. I'm disappointed that they didn't ensure there was more depth than this. And I'm happy that Devin DuVernay looks really good. Those are kind of all of my emotions about this entire year of wide receiver at once. Yeah. Nobody could have predicted DuVernay was going to do what he's doing. And, uh, yeah, he's he's doing it in every which way too, which is great. He's very versatile. There's a uh, there's a couple people out there. There's a couple people that have been banging on Twitter and whatever. And I'm not gonna say I'm one of them. I've I've liked him. Me and Vaz have gotten into it. Is he a wide receiver too or not? I thought he could be a decent wide receiver two type guy. But there are people that are like, he's Debo, he's Debo, he's Debo, he's Debo, he's Debo. And maybe he's not quite Debo, but he's not not. I was a gonna say he's definitely like not. Debo. He's not Debo, but he's but he's not like he's not. It's it's like he's in the stadium. He's, he's discount Debo. He, you he's, know. The, he's, he's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's third round Debo. Sure. And that, I, get, I take a bunch of crap for saying Justin Matabike is third round Aaron Donald, all that stuff. So stylistically, sure, whatever. Duvernay has been awesome. But um, yeah, man, it's just, I don't know. And, and I think that Bateman, this is where I'm at with this team right now. If let's say, and I don't, I don't know. I don't want to not, I want to knock the Ravens for, forcing Bateman to play on Thursday. I don't want to say forcing him to play, but allowing him to play is a better word to say. I don't know if that injury ever would have healed. You know, maybe he just needed surgery and was trying to fight through it. And it just, they finally realized that after Thursday, who knows, but I've lost my train of thought. I don't know, but um, I, I just, this is what I was going to say. I thought if this team had Bateman and let's say, when you Cole and I had that glimpse of hope that maybe it wasn't true. Maybe he was, he's, he was getting a second opinion and maybe it was an eight week injury and it was not Liz Frank, which I've said Liz Frank for years. And I finally said it right for the first time. It's but Frank. I think it's, is it Liz Frank? Maybe I was right. Everyone says Liz Frank, whatever. I digress. 
they if they had Bateman and Bateman was capable of being somewhat healthy, I really think this this team had a realistic shot at winning a Super Bowl. There is something special happening with this team. I don't know how to tangibly say it or how to quantify it. I can feel it. I am a homer. I'm a Ravens fan. I can feel that there's something very nice going on. They're they're they have- rounding into form, and I'm going to write about this. I think uh, before the uh, next game, we, we could use a heater from you. It's been it's been a, it's been a couple weeks or a month. It's been some time. I think I had the uh, I calling out Harbaugh after the the collapses. So I'm gonna I, I'm feeling different, and I'm feeling that better. was phase one. This is phase two, and this, you've probably got two more in you this year. This is phase two, and it's phase two in the sense that what did we talk about? First four or five weeks of the regular season. That's their tune-up this year, and it's interesting. It was their preseason. Did you see this Derek Wolf clip that was going around? Um, I, I, pertaining to the Ravens? Yes. So he said... No. Right now it's going around? It, it was. It, I probably should have posted it on Twitter or something. I saw it on Reddit. Somebody on Ravens Reddit. Give, it, give, give, me, give me the gist. So he was on, I think, some Broncos podcast, and he... Um, he, he is, a, I think he's a radio show host in Denver. On yeah, KOA. and he said something to the effect of like, Baltimore, like, I liked my time there. I like Harbaugh. I respect the organization, but they overwork the shit out of their players. And he was basically saying it to the extent of, like, the Raven way and, like, working hard. That's what leads to all these injuries and stuff. But he was not here this year where they made all these tangible changes. And that is not representative of what we're seeing this year where they didn't go all out in preseason. They didn't tune guys up. They just kind of saved that for the first four, five, they, six weeks. They let Ronnie Stanley rotate in yeah, and and put it on in his court. And the only player that it feels like from what we've heard and seen, the only player it feels like they've pushed a little aside from, let's say, let's say Bateman. And sure, Andrew, Andrews ends up with a shoulder injury. He was having knee problems. Wasn't 100%. I don't really care about that one in that sense. He hurt something else in his body completely unrelated. And is that a result of the knee? Maybe. Whatever. But... Bowser is the only other player that I know. And, and Harbaugh has been open in press conferences. It's not like we heard some inklings of like that. Harbaugh was like, all right, man, like you've, you're good. Like it, from everything we know, you're good. So whenever you're good, are you good? Yeah. Like, are you good? But it wasn't uh, like a, it wasn't like a sticking point, but it's like, we gotta, we gotta figure something out here. He was right. like, all right, come, like, come on, come on. We need you here. You know, Houston's out, whatever. But um, so we get, they get him back now and your brother's in the comment here. And, and has a marvelous banger of a com- uh, comment, as always. Need to go back to more conservative play style, Mikey Boy chimes in. No more going for it on fourth and two. Win by running and playing defense. That's what this year is. That's what this year is. So I still feel like this team is figuring it out and is very – I think they have figured it out. I think that they have figured it out. And that is going to lead into rolling. And you can, I don't know, you can just feel it a little bit. The way the players are acting, I don't know. It's all stupid fan take stuff, but I think this team is better than meets the eye in many ways. And then that is backed up by, you can call it, you know, your eye test versus stats, advanced stats and analytics, but DVOA loves them. PFF loves them. Like every EPA loves them. Every single possible thing. Things that are more subjective, like PFF grades, love them as a team. Things that are more objective, like DVOA or uh, EPA, things like that, also really love them. They have placed, played a gauntlet defensively. They have played the number four, number five, number six, number eight, and number nine defenses out of their eight games. Five of them have been against top ten defenses in terms of DVOA. And I think Lamar Jackson 
is not having a banner year. And I think everyone's always going to wait for that 2019 stat line to resurface. It can't. It can't. You, he, he was with t- Peyton Manning's most efficient season. That was the only person that was more efficient than him was Peyton Manning's most efficient season in his career in terms of passing, in terms of total impact, all of those things. The way he is managing the game is what has transcended him. The reason the Ravens should pay him is because he has transcended into someone that can manage wins and make checks and control. And that's why I was so happy to see the intensity that he brought on Thursday against the Bucks. And I don't want to discount Rashad Bateman. Obviously, I love him so much. I'm a fan of his. But they haven't had him in a while. Like, <laughs> they haven't had him, and they're still winning games. So it's, it's you know, and, and sure, maybe it's just like 2020, but they have protection now. Why do these teams lose in the playoffs? Because the Titans push their shit in on the offensive line, and they drop a couple of passes and fumble and just have the jitters. And then the Bills, they have Fluker and, you know, uh, or Fluker and Phillips rotating. So they have enough depth where they, knock on wood, should be fine. I think this team wins a playoff game and maybe two plays at least a close game in a second one. I still feel that way. They have so much time. They're playing a horrible schedule. They're playing arguably the easiest remaining schedule in the NFL. They don't play any other threatening quarterbacks aside from what burrow. Well, PJ Walker, obviously we'll get to the, we're not doing a preview show right now. We'll get into it later. And, and it's 20 minutes in. we didn't want to go too long tonight, but maybe Andy Dalton, you Andy know, Dalton, PJ Walker. These guys are very scary, but other than that, who knows, man? This team's freaky. This team's weird. They're used to and and that Ravens way, like Wolf's comments. It also is. It's like they're doing it during the season, and that's what I like. That's what I like to see. Yeah, exactly. They weathered a storm together. They were three and three at one point in really choppy waters, and they. I want to. I want to ask you a question. Do so. We have Ty Doyle here. If Charlie Kohler is any good, I really sure whatever. But uh, the rest of the comment, but. Do we see Charlie Kohler? I want the Jake take. Do we see Charlie Kohler? What is Charlie Kohler? And do we get anything out of Charlie Kohler? I think we this do. Year? I think we do. And I think if he can stay healthy, like I'm not really sure what was going on with the sports hernia thing, if they were just stashing him or what. But if I he, mean, they have five tight ends that they like. Yeah. And they. it's like, what else are you going to do? Like you can, you know, Tylen Wallace, I loved him, but like you can, you can take it all away. James Prochet, like I, I don't care about these guys at this point. Like if you got to like bring another tight end in, that has the promise of Kohler. I'm fine with that because he just can, win, baby. Yeah, he can go up and. That's get why the I ball. loved your brother's comment. It's like your defense should be outrageous. It's starting to look really, really legit and sound. I would say that the best word to describe what we're seeing from this Ravens defense is sound. Yeah. They are executing. They are communicating. They are limiting things. And um, I, 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 so we have Momo in the comments here as we trail off. This will be the last kind of statement from me, and, and you can close out whatever you want, but. Momo says, I fear that the Ravens offense is going to be so easy to defend. And it's like, I ju- when I just went back and watched this Tampa Bay game and I, I focused on the defense, you can find Money Downs, Week 8. It's on my own personal YouTube, Spenny Football. Um, I, I posted it on Twitter. It's pinned to my account. But watching what the Bucks did on third down, they basically went twins, two receivers on each side, and ran some co- sort of high-low where you try to put a defender in conflict and they did it over. They did it. Like I think on every single passing third down they had was a twins high low. And then they motioned Julio Jones on one of them late in the game across the formation and ran like a three man route concept. And it was the first time they did it. That is easy to defend. 
They have no run game. Like, that is easy. Tom Brady made a couple of spectacular throws. The Ravens dropped a couple of interceptions. They're not that easy to defend, man. And ba- like I said, Bateman's been out. You know, they, they don't have uh, a Stephon Diggs. They don't have the wide receiver. They don't have the white whale of Baltimore that's, that's you know, hiding somewhere in the inner harbor in that, that beautiful, beautiful water where fish are sprouting up left and right now. Uh, it's drinkable now, I hear, as well. But, <laughs> yeah, you want to put that uh, to the test? Exactly. So, um, you know, I don't know, man. I think this is still – I think this is truly a scary team to play in the playoffs, and I think Lamar Jackson's playing a different type of football. And I – like, Ro- the Roquan Smith trade, we love, whatever. I, I think you were a little more indifferent than I really liked it. But I loved it. It doesn't – so you love it. They don't it, – it's – it's just funny because, and one of the things that I like what analysts are starting to do is monitor how Vegas perceives things because Vegas has guys, and when I say Vegas, it means that betting entities such as MGM, such as DraftKings, such as you know all of these, you know, Caesars, they have people that are smarter than everyone that works at PFF, than me, than you. They actually get paid gigantic fat salaries because they make money. They are in the money-making business. And watching the way these trades don't impact lines on Super Bowl favorites on things like that is one of the funniest things um, Bradley Chubb like didn't move the Dolphins line like it didn't have movement Roquan Smith I don't think had movement either like do you know what has movement when quarterbacks go down like that is what Vegas carries cares about and if you give Lamar Jackson time with their run game and what he can do in the run game I I mean it's just fucking crazy to me that the 49ers have gotten played in a Super Bowl and have played in an NFC Championship game, and the Ravens have it. Like those two are both flying close to the sun in the same world. And Ooh. say what you want about Shanahan and Roman, whatever. Look they have with a, the way, Ravens have a way better quarterback, and that is more impactful to me, regardless of what you're calling, than Kyle Shanahan is to Jimmy Garoppolo. So that's, that's an excellent point. Look at what the 49ers did in the playoffs last season. They go into Lambeau Field against one of these passing high flying offenses, MVP Aaron Rodgers. And you know what they did? They pulled them into their mud pit. They said, we're playing our game. The Ravens this year are Shaq in 2004. These other teams, these primo position teams, the Chiefs and the Bills are Steph Curry in 2017. So if you're going to be Shaq, that's great. But you got to you got to bring Steph down into the post with you and see if he can bang low because you got to foul the shit out of him. Yeah, exactly. You got to so, beat him. You got to beat bloody and damn him. You got to you got to bring him down from the key. Get and we him know that pa- Patrick Mahomes is Steph. So so while we're on this topic, just veering off. What is Josh Allen? Giannis? Sure. Yeah, I like that. Or I think Lamar is supposed to be Giannis. Actually, that's been a comment. Yeah, actually, tonight. that is the comparison. So I'd say, yeah, I'd say he's probably I don't know. He's not. He's not Jaw. I mean, he's he's you know. He's too big to be Jaw. He's too. He's I want too him to be a three point shooter though, because it makes the point that he. It's like all the the high flying passing stuff. Like is that's he what those guys are. Those guys are the three point shooters. The is Ravens, he Luca? Yeah, he's Luca. That's that's right, who he is. There yeah, we go. He's Luca. So the Ravens are going to be the the Lakers. There's, and there's how the season plays out. The Ravens have Giannis. The Bills have Luca, and the Chiefs. Have Steph Curry. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just like people said, Dante when, Yates might have beat us. And I swear I didn't see your comment, Dante, but you're on the same page as us. Literally. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, if the Ravens are going to be Giannis, that's great. Giannis, you know, when he won that championship, everyone said, Lamar Jackson, you're next. So, what you got to do is, like my brother said, like Michael said, play to your identity and make other teams play to your identity. Keep these games in the 20s. 
Don't allow teams to score 30 on you. Score 25, 26, 27. Lamar can get you, give Lamar a line and he'll get you in the 20s. Yeah, exactly. And then start to figure it out in the red zone. They got to start doing that a little bit better, I think. Uh, Matt, I think that might be the key to the offensive season. Yeah. Is is becoming a top five or 10, 10 at worst, but ideally aiming towards a top five red zone offense, I think is what unlocks this team. And, And that's why Bateman... What do we lose in Rashad Bateman that we know that the Ravens don't have is an actual separator deep. And Jackson can, you know, if Jackson can give you 50% of that, 60, then you're okay in that role. Yeah. And you can play some things off of Jackson being on the field. We'll see. He's 36, you know, don't want to set expectations too high. So we'll see if we don't see him this week, which it sounds like we will, then we'll see him the following yeah. game. And you got uh, so you got likely coming on. He's going to help in the red spiritual smartass here. Kohler's a red zone guy. Yeah, my guy. Mr. That is all Mr. he did. Mr. In Charlie, you're very you're very right about that. Yeah, Mr. Charlie. He's he reminds me a little bit of Max Williams, where he can you know get in space, a little stiff up top, but he can move, he can jump, he can out jump guys. You got to get him in the mix. I think you got to bring him in, and I think he'll help you. And uh, yeah, just go all in on what you are. That's what you said you were going to do before the season anyway. So. If you're going to do it, you might as well just get rid of the finesse receiving option that you had and just fucking I'm, go I'm all just the way. At this, I'm just looking at the Seahawks team, man. Like, I've, I've drawn those Pete Carroll, John Harbaugh comparisons. I'm just looking at the Seahawks team, and it's like, do it like that, too. Like, they're doing it the same way. They're doing it the same way. They have Metcalf. They have Lockett. Sure. Yes. I, I don't mean in that sense, but it's like they were not supposed to win six games this year. And Geno Smith is in a good situation. Does DK and Lockett make it easier? Sure. Absolutely not going to argue with that. But you need to out-scheme teams. You need to be who you are, to your point. Yeah, exactly. That's. I want to look back at the end of this 2022 season and say they are who we thought they were. And I want the Ravens to say of themselves, we are who we thought we were. This is a shout-out to the leftovers. Know first who you are and then adorn yourself accordingly. That's what this is right now. Are you gonna be? Uh, are you gonna be who you are for the rest of the season? I think they are because they got the uh, the schedule to line up to allow them to do that, and then you get into the playoffs, and uh, that's always a litmus test, right? And uh, you know what? I'm I'm optimistic that they can make it work. I'm, maybe I'm just a romantic optimist and a, a purple patrol guy at heart, but I don't know. Maybe it can work. I think they win a playoff game this year. I you know Super Bowl. Crazy to predict them to win it at this point with this news today. So we'll see. But, you know, the damn Tennessee Titans had a 10 point lead in Arrowhead at one point, and then Hellfire was rained upon them. But, you know, that game can go anyway if you make a couple adjustments. So I think that about does it. We hit the 30 minute mark here. We wanted to keep it a little short. And I think we, uh, we stumbled into some, some fun euphemisms and one stumbled into some fun kind of uh, big brain takes that. Felt very cathartic. So glad we had this cathartic episode. Hope you guys did too. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys for listening as always. Like I said, we we were supposed to maybe take a little bit of time away, but uh, the content machine never stops and we're going to be back at it, I guess, probably on Sunday, preview that Monday night game, uh, which is going to be fun. You know, it's it's really fun to talk about football and watch football, which we're going to do next Monday. And then you got a bye week after that and plenty of time to chew on whatever happens. So hopefully we'll be talking about a six and three team, but we got a preview episode to do in between now and then anyway. So Stick around for that. Follow us on social media. In the meantime, you can follow the show on Twitter at Podcast Beatdown. I am at Jake Luke. That's L-O-U-Q-U-E. 
Spencer is at Ravens for dummies. That's the number four in the middle there. Thanks again, guys. We'll talk to you very soon. See ya. Arrivederci. Where is the wise man? Where is the scholar? Where is the philosopher of this age? 